0: When you drive up to the headquarters at South Plano River State Park, you're greeted with a small gated house with a windmill, and you walk through the gate to get to the front door. This was once the meager home of the Buck family, who sold this ranch land to the Texas Parks and Wildlife in 1977. Walter White Buck Jr. left the land to his son, who maintained it and learned to cultivate the land even through some of the harshest conditions. Heads of cattle and the pecan trees were his responsibilities, and according to the Texas Parks and Wildlife website, he harvested 75,000 pounds of pecans in some of the best years. These trees are still on the property, along with amazing views of plateaus in the distance, the Llano River through the park, and if you're lucky, some Rio Grande turkeys roosting. We must be thankful for the Texas landowners that saw the importance of conserving these lands and grateful that we have the opportunity to enjoy them. Welcome to the Texas Trailhead Podcast. I started hiking to help with my health, both mental and physical. And now I'm encouraging y'all to get out and enjoy the trails, the outdoors, camping, all that stuff that Texas and beyond has to offer. So join me, Danny Laurel, as I'm sharing stories from myself and others who enjoy the outdoors as well. So grab your backpack, put on your hiking shoes, and let's go on another adventure. This is the Texas Trailhead. (laughs) Gobble, gobble. The rolling hills are all around as you drive into Junction, Texas. Crossing the metal bridge over the Llano River, you pull into a small town that feels almost untouched. Pickup trucks line the roads, and small shops selling antiques, hardware, and buildings that have historic markers are almost on every block. It starts to feel like a preview of the West Texas towns, with short buildings but vast blue skies. Highway 377 curves around and parallels the entrance to the park, and when you turn in and curve down, you're greeted by the flowing water. This day-use area is best known as a launching pad for canoes and kayaks, but just on the other side of the river is another welcome addition. The Rio Grande turkeys roost here in the wintertime, and it's one of the largest gatherings of these animals in central Texas. Since human visitors are sharing the turkeys' land, there are sections of the park that are protected to let the turkeys roam and find food during the day. From October 1st through March 31st, the turkey roost area is open to the public from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. And there are plenty of signs in the front of the park showing where these areas are. If you want to take an extended hike and watch the turkeys from a distance, check out the 1.5-mile Turkey Roost Trail. It will follow the roadway leading from the entrance to the headquarters, but you can extend it by traveling from the parking lot there to the interpretive trail, which is only 0.4 miles. Camping. The park itself feels more like a state natural area than a full-fledged state park. The accommodations are minimal, and the features are the natural landscape itself. There is only one true camping loop that offers full hookups, but... Also has space for tents. There are 58 campsites with electricity, six with water, and five primitive campsites. They all range in price, so check out the full rates in the link in the description. Again, that's 58 sites in one loop. If space between campsites is your thing, then check out this place during off-peak times. But if you're used to RVing, then you'll be fine. The primitive campsites are spread among two locations, one by the parking lot at the Camp Loop and off of the Mid Canyon Trail. This one will give you a bit more of that backpacking experience, as you can hear people chatting from the parking lot at the walk-in site. The Christopher walk-in site. (laughs) Just kidding. The restrooms here are basic with no outstanding features. They have showers and a filtered water station. The firewood is right in front of the camp post, and the loop definitely gets a lot of traffic because it's a one-way loop. Back to the point of the natural area feeling. The majority of the trails are accessed from this section of the park, so there aren't a lot of roads throughout the park that you'll cross like you would say at Bastrop State Park. This gives a lot more elevated outdoor experience with a few exceptions. There are a couple of service roads you'll hike on, but nothing that has a non-park traffic. Now hiking at South Llano River State Park. The trail map lists nine trails with varying difficulty, but on the map itself there are a few that are either connectors or I guess not worthy enough of a full description. The turkey roost area is towards the entrance of the park, and features some noteworthy trails including the River Trail, 1.6 miles, Buck Lake Trail, 1.6 miles as well, and the previously mentioned Turkey Roost and Interpretive Trails. Not listed are the two smaller connecting trails, the Old Barn Trail at 0.1 miles and the Westfield Trail at a full mile. The trails by the water offer some great views of the water, and are main highlights during warmer months when you have more tubing going on along with the yakers the kayakers that is if you're into fishing hike to the oxbow lake that was formed after the Llano river flooded you'll be in the mix of the pecan grove and you'll see plenty of birds including those turkeys the backcountry hiking is where the real fun begins the first point of interest worth checking out begins at the parking lot off of the camping area the overlook trail is 0.9 miles But after you push through some trees, you begin your ascent walking up switchbacks to get to the top. Don't be confused by the first bench. You'll know you're at the top once you get to the metal barrier that notes you've reached the overlook. The trail here gets a little weird. The map shows it as a one-way trek. But from the overlook, you can actually keep going and hike down a surface road to arrive at the Fawn Trail Intersect. The Fawn Trail is 1.3 miles and a straight shot through Texas Hill Country. You'll be amazed by the open sky and rolling hills that are on either side as you hike through trees. From there, you can hop on the East Ridge Trail at 2.8 miles, or if your thighs are up to it, the Frontera Trail, which is a full 4 miles. Walter's Way, 0.6 miles, named after the park's original owner, is one of two connecting trails. Buck Shore is 0.5 miles, that's the other one. And it's one of two connecting trails that will take you to the Mid-Canyon Trail at 2.3 miles. Walter's Way is a really great option to see the landscape shift from tree-covered paths to an expansive opening of ranch land. Admire the numerous rocks that are splayed out on either side of the trail. Here you'll find new plant life as well as the remnants of ranch land of past and current. Little elevation change here, but watch for the rock steps that could get slippery. The Mid-Canyon Trail is again where you'll encounter the primitive camping site and point of interest number four, the canyon seeps. Across from the campsite, you'll see the canyon walls, and if you feel like exploring, be on the lookout for the water seeping through the walls. On my last visit, I didn't see the water seeping through the walls, and talking to a couple people, it really just depends on the recent weather. If you want to extend your miles, the Windmill Hill trails 0.8 miles, the Double Loop Trails are 0.7 and 0.4 miles, and Prickly Pear Spur Trail 0.3 miles can all be accessed from that Mid Canyon Trail. As you head through the middle of the park towards the beginning, you have the opportunity to hop on one final trail. The West Canyon Loop Trail is 2.4 miles and, according to the map, leads you through a canyon and along a plateau before heading steeply downhill. Overall, there aren't many instances where you'll be hard-pressed with any significant hiking challenges. The trails are all rated moderate or easy, and a lot of them are pretty flat. If you're new to hiking, check out the 10 Essentials Guide to prep for a day out on the trails. You can find that in a previous episode, which I'll link below, or on the Texas Trailhead website. Overall, I felt South Llano River State Park feels a bit off the beaten path because it didn't feel crowded or too popular. In February, it probably feels a little different than, say, spring summer, but the expansive landscapes and visual distractions at every turn make this place a park worth visiting. South Llano River State Park is also designated a night sky park. So, make sure you learn more about the special events to check out the stars on the official website. This podcast is brought to you in part by Cairn Subscription Boxes. You can get $10 towards your Cairn account when you sign up with code JDT782. And that's the Cairn Subscription Box. This podcast is also supported by listeners just like you. When you go to the Texas Trailhead shop and pick up the newest souvenirs that are available, you can find things like lapel pins, stickers, or decals on the website. All of those purchases go to help support the website. So check it out at thetexastrailhead.com and then just head over to the shop tab and look for all the new merchandise. Big news this week from the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department. They announced today on March 10th that they will begin the process of reopening the parks to full capacity after almost a year. The global COVID-19 pandemic instilled new precautions that the parks required for the safety of the employees and guests. While a lot of the restrictions were mostly for common areas, Some parks also close buildings like gift shops and more. In an email sent out to the park visitors, Texas State Parks Director Rodney Franklin explained the decision and what to expect moving forward. I'm about to read you the full transcript from the email that was sent out. Dear State Park Visitor, It has been almost a year since the pandemic began to impact Texas and State Park operations. While we know that we are not yet out of the woods, in quotes, there are reasons to be optimistic. Today, I'm excited to announce that we are beginning the process of returning to normal capacity at all state parks. Our teams are working to ensure that this is done responsibly. Your safety and the safety of our staff and volunteers is always our top priority. We continue to strongly encourage the wearing of face coverings, especially when indoors or in places where a safe social distance cannot be maintained. Other recommendations for staying safe and healthy during your visit are posted on the Keeping you Healthy. It's a link that's available, and I'll put that link in the description. As our busy spring and summer season approaches, you may find some parks are still full, even with the increased capacity. I understand how frustrating that can be. I encourage everyone to consider visiting on weekdays if your schedule allows or try visiting a new, less well-known park. Sidebar for me personally, um, don't go to my favorite less well-known parks. (laughs) I continue. For both your day and overnight visits, make reservations to ensure your spot in the park even if you have a state parks pass. If your plans change, canceling your reservations will give someone else the chance to enjoy the park. I'm proud of the role that state parks have played throughout the last year, offering an important escape for so many Texans. Aside from a very brief time last spring, your Texas state parks have been open for you. As a matter of fact, we have seen overall increases in park visitation as many Texans discovering state parks for the first time. Thank you for your continued patience and support as our teams work through a return to full capacity. We stand ready to happily welcome you all to a Texas State Park soon. Sincerely, Rodney Franklin, Texas State Parks Director. So, just kind of some quick takeaways. They they are. This is a process. This isn't going to happen overnight. Just like a lot of businesses in Texas, a lot of things are going to be done in steps and you're seeing the same thing with the texas parks announcement um today i know a lot there have been a handful of places on social media that are saying that you know despite the news some of the just logistically they can't open at full capacity yet i know the um the Goose Island down on the Texas coast, they announced that they aren't able to do that just with the sensitivity of the environment, having uh, that increase in um, traffic and visitors to the park. Um, just not yet, you know, so a, a lot of these things aren't going to happen overnight. Some parks are going to be already open full blast. I've, I've seen other people commenting that they went back to some of their parks like, you know, something like Enchanted Rock, and they had a lot of spaces reopen, and they were able to snag a space. And I think the other part of that too, kind of towards the middle there, is if you do reserve and you aren't able to go, just make sure that you cancel that reservation to open it back up for someone else. And and that, with that being said, also um, I had a few people reach out on the Facebook, the Texas Trailhead Facebook page, if they should still do. Um, reservations ahead of time. And I I, I I commented that they absolutely should because with how easy I think everyone realized it was over the last year, I think people are going to be looking for spots even more now, especially spring break now, especially in the summertime. So it's definitely highly recommended. So if you do it, do it that way. Make sure you are canceling if you aren't able to go. But I definitely still recommend that you make reservations online um, and um, you don't even really need to print them or you haven't needed to print anything. You just tell them your name when you get there. But I do want to just make a quick little, have a little bit of a little commentary. And I think with, there's been there's, there's mixed camps. When I've reached out to a few people today and got kind of their opinion on, on some of the news today I saw a lot of posts that were saying oh man I was really getting used to having less people at the parks and and that's one observation and I think you know at the end of the day the parks are for everyone's enjoyment and while some aspects of it have been kind of pleasant I think when you look at the pleasantries of less people I think what also comes with that is the less upkeep with how messy the parks also get and I think it's really important that if you were one of those that felt that the outdoors were closed and you were really really upset about that that I think now you should spend some of that energy to helping out to the parks where you can and if you're seeing trash on the trail try to pick it up and 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 do your part to kind of help everyone enjoy it just like you would want to enjoy it too and I think that's kind of part of the park system for everyone is is to let everyone enjoy it the same way and I think if we all chip in a little bit as these parks are about to get really busy because as it says they've noticed an increase of visitation. And I don't think that's going away anytime soon. I think people got outside and got outdoors and really started to appreciate the the, the natural space. And I think that's great. That's the whole point of the Texas Trailhead, to get people outside and enjoying nature. But I think responsibly for me to encourage everyone to spend time outdoors is also encourage people to kind of make sure you're picking up after yourself. And if you're somewhere and in, in you're near trash and you have the ability to, you know, pack that too. And, and I think we can all work towards making a better, cleaner and more positive outdoor experience. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, you know, I think that the busy parks are going to stay busy and I think, that some of the lesser known parks might stay lesser known. They're just going to have some more opportunities for people to visit. And I definitely encourage, you know, I'm, I'm only half kidding. I, I do have some parks that I like to go to that are usually off the radar. But, you know, I definitely want people to explore other places to kind of take the strain off of some of the more popular places to, you know, go to some of these parks, like I've said in in one of my posts. And then I'll say, coming up, but something like Lost Maples, you know, visiting that in the summer can still be really fun. You don't have to all go in the fall and, um, you know, have a million people. You can go at a different month and kind of enjoy it in a different way. So yeah, that's big news from today for the, uh, Texas state parks, uh, Rodney Franklin, the Texas state parks director and the organization announcing they are taking steps to start going back to full capacity. You know, vaccines are up, and I don't want to get too kind of deep into this, but the more vaccines that are out there, more people are going to feel comfortable, and we can start to kind of get back to what whatever normal means to you. But you know, I, I think we're seeing some good progress. We're seeing. Um, th- these things are, are going to start happening more and more and we can get people back out and back outside. And it's, it's exciting either way. I think so. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Texas Trailhead podcast. If you like what you heard, please let me know by leaving feedback on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. You can also support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. You can find this on anchor.fm and just search The Texas Trailhead. Still looking for more? Click the links below to find the website, Facebook page, and see pictures from the outdoors on my Instagram page. So until next time, grab your backpack, put on your hiking shoes, and let's go out on another adventure. This is The Texas Trailhead.